Uh, Jesus didn't have a problem with people that's in the streets. He had a problem with religious people. How can I help anybody when I'm not even when I was not even able to help my own son? I would never do that. I would never do that. And I became that in a matter of minutes when they took my pain pills away. And I said, I'm not where I want to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be. Ugh. This is Faith in Your Recovery. I am Randy Davis. Welcome to the battle. Welcome to this episode of Faith in Your Recovery. We're thrilled to have you with us today. We've got something that that I believe is going to touch you deeply, and it's going to leave you with a lot to think about. As I sit here and talk with our guest, Kevin Oliver, that I'll introduce in just a moment, I realize some of the struggle he's dealt with, some of the pain he's been through and is presently going through. If you've had a loved one that you've lost to addiction or tragedy, you're going to relate. You're even going to be glad you tuned in today. Once again, welcome. and Welcome to you, Kevin Oliver. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, we're Glad we to ap- be here. Thank you. We appreciate you being with us. Let's go back and talk about the... The Kevin of old introduces to you before all the tragedy hit. And I know you had tragedy hit early in your life, like first grade. Yeah. But tell us about the younger Kevin and share some of that with us, please. Sure. Um, well, my name's Kevin Oliver here to uh, try to open some eyes and, and help a little bit in everybody's future. Um, when I was young, I had a lot of things that, uh, you know, impacted me in my mother got uh got killed unfortunately by my stepdad um to gun violence so uh it's one of those uh eye openers when i was really really young how old were you kevin i was five okay i remember the i mean i remember the whole day from the getting up to getting ready and my mom bringing me back to give me my kiss on my cheek and tell me she loved me and you know, the whole day, you know, you relive those type of things and anybody that's lost a mother at a young age can relate to. Yes. Yes. Did it happen in the home? Yes, it did. Yeah. Were you present in the home at that no, time? I, I was at school. Um, uh, they came and picked me up at school. It was about 2.30. When you say they, was that family or the police? The police. How did they explain it to you? They really didn't explain a whole lot. I just remembered, uh, I remember me arguing with the fact that I wasn't going to leave, that it was my day to, to beat the erasers for the teacher. So we, yeah, it was one of those things. You've got that beautiful teacher and you just wasn't going to, I always wasn't going to leave. And you know, she promised me everything would be all right and I'd get to do it the next time. And, and, uh, it kind of went from there. Wow. Wow. So, uh, did they take you home or did they take you to family members? What happened with you at that age? They, uh, they actually took me to family members directly after. You know, it, it was a little bit of a struggle. My brother was with me in the car, the back of the car, and oh, heck, he about tried to jump out of the car. We knew something was bad, you know. And uh, it was one of those, uh, what's wrong with our mom? You know, we knew that there was something bad and ended up being the worst ever, you know, end up being shot and killed. So 
was your brother older than you or younger? No, one year older than me. So not a lot of difference in the maturity level. No, there wasn't, no. So it had to be a lot of questions and fears and doubts and anger, and I can't imagine what all it was. Yeah, it was all the above. I mean, you know, when you have somebody taken from you, that that's all you've got. Um, you know, you've got your brothers and your sisters and your mom. That's all we had. It, uh, you know, just rip you apart. Were your mom and dad together at that time? No, it was my stepfather. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. Yeah. You did say it was your stepfather. Yeah. Okay. Uh, was he Was he finally charged with all of this, and what yeah. were the consequences for him? Sure. Yeah, he, was, uh, he basically called the police right after it was over. Um, she was divorced you know, from him and was... Uh, was uh, getting remarried and basically told him that, you know, she was getting remarried and in the statements. Of course, I wasn't there when these statements were being made, but I've sure. read them many times. Said that, uh, you know, you're not going to get remarried. I'll kill you first. And she said, well, you'll have to kill me because I'm getting remarried. He went outside, got a shotgun, you know, and come in and, and took her life. Wow. That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible. Uh, I can't say I know what you felt. Uh, but losing a loved one that age and in that way, how has that worked on your life? Well, I mean, it's a life-changing event, of course. Um, I uh, had a chip on my shoulder well, the rest of my life. I still have that chip that I'm trying to buff off my shoulder. Um, my father was you know, was, was there as much as he could be for me. And my stepdad is the, is the one that, that took her life. And so it was all, uh, it was a whirlwind of emotions and issues and tragedies. And I, uh, you know, it was hard for me to, uh, you know, when you hear of somebody hitting a woman and stuff like that, when I started getting older, I just, uh, you know, I just simply wouldn't let that happen. I, you know, you're not going to disrespect a lady, I've been brought up that way my whole life because of my mother sure. being taken. So so how does that chip on your shoulder manifest itself? Well, when you're out doing your you know, thing, when you're, when, you, you know, when you're young, having fun or trying to have fun, and um, going out and doing whatever, and you see somebody that at a, basically, and you see it a lot. I mean, there's a lot of abusive men out there, and I... Uh, I just simply wouldn't let that happen. I, uh, unfortunately, back then I didn't have the reserve I do now, but um, I would handle my business like that. I would, I would make sure that he wasn't touching her again. And uh, you know, just for the simple fact that, you know, my mother was taken, and uh, I can't stand bullies, and I don't, I dislike anybody that touches a woman. I mean, it's just part of my my life now. You know, that's not the worst attitude you can have. Okay, uh, I get some of that. So let's move on a few years after that. Tell mm-hmm. us about the Kevin of his high school days. How, sure. yeah, just how life was lived. Yeah, I, uh, you know, lived with my dad until sixth grade. Um, when it was over, uh, my grandmother actually had me move in with her. And I went to Pendleton and wrestled and. I remember my grandma was just, she took the place of my mom the best she could. It was an incredible 
you know, several years that we had together and she was my, uh, my mother at that point in time, she was the closest thing that I'd ever had. And, uh, she never missed a wrestling match. She never, she, you know, anything I needed, whatever I needed, she was there. She was, she was my hero. That was a safe place, a place of comfort. Yeah, that was that was the one that made me the man I am today. Okay, okay. So uh, let's move on in your life from those high school days to the next stages. Tell us about Kevin. Well, you uh, try to put the, your nose forward and keep going and try to uh, make all the best decisions that you can. You know, just try to... Uh, not think so much about the man that took your mom. Think more about what you can, what you can do to help people. That's what I, you know, what I started to do back then is try to, you know, try to help as many as I can. You know, I, the bullies, I hated the bullies and, and, uh, anybody that touched a woman, like I said earlier. And I don't know, I just, uh, started putting my nose forward. I had my son, Kevin, Joe, and, uh, he was my inspiration and it was uh, the limelight of my life right there. So so you became a, I'm, I'm going to say, a protector of many. You were watching for those who were being abused in any way, shape, or form, and you wanted to be there to help them through that, whatever that meant at that moment, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah, okay. Then you had your son. How long ago was that? When was your son born? He was born in 93. In 93. Okay. Lead us through those early years of his life, please, and you as a father to him. Because sure. you made it clear what a bright light he was to you. He uh, he was incredible, man. He, he was just, he's the one that made me smile. You know, when you... Uh, when you lose somebody that's real, you know, your important part of your life, you try to grab onto things and, and try to remember that those, you know, the, the items that, that you want to keep forever. And he's the one that, that kept me going. He's the one that made me smile. You know, he, he was my world. What were, what were his habits, his style? What was it that connected you guys? So, uh, I mean, he, his everything, his smile, um, when he sees me, his eyes, you know, you just, he loved his dad and, he uh, he made me smile, and, and that was one of the things I think we loved. He loved to wrestle. He uh, that, that kid. I don't know where it came from, but I loved to wrestle too. I went through my whole high school wrestling, and he uh, he really enjoyed getting sneaking up behind me, trying to get the rear naked choke, and <laughs> you know it was just an incredible thing. I'd sneak up there and tickle him for twenty minutes until he was almost ready to cry. I just remember, you know, and then I'd walk away and. And, you know, he just does the little things, you know, the I love you dads when you walk in, the hugs, you know, he's just very emotional with me. And, you know, I've always tried to do that with my kids, man, is, you, you know, you show your emotions, you you tell your father and your mother you love them. And they've done that, you know, so many times. And we don't we don't hang up a phone without an I love you. We yeah. don't hang up. You yeah. know, we don't walk away without a hug. And I love you. You know, it's just something you don't do. Well, when you went through that loss of your mom, you realized how precious life was and how short it could be and how the next moment may not be the moment you want to experience. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing. You said it perfectly correct. When you uh, when you wake up the next day, it's a new day. You was able to make it one more day, and you don't think it's going to be like that until you have a tragedy in your life. You just don't. Uh, you just think it's an everyday, it's no big deal, run your life how you want to run it. But when you have somebody that's close to you, 
that's taken from you for any reason, whether it's drugs or, you know, or a, a, a gun or unfortunately suicide, which is happening so often right now over the bullies and all these type of things that you don't think anything like that can happen to your family. Yeah. Yeah. Till it, it does. Until it does. Then it happened again, right? Another tragedy that <laughs> right well, your world. There was, I mean, throughout tragedies, I mean, you know, my father passed in 2000, which is huge to me. My, my brother passed in 97. Was that an expected death? Your he brother? He got in a car wreck. Car wreck. Yeah. Got in a car wreck, took his life, and he was my anchor. You know, at the time, he was uh, my only person that I would look up to and... And he was one I would always protect and just know that he was always going to be there for me. You know, me and him experienced all this with the mother being taken. And, you know, you want to make sure that he's always there with you. And unfortunately, we, he lost his life in 97. Okay. Okay. You know, you made it clear the way you lost your mom and it was in a very tragic way, but I'm thinking of the idea then to lose your brother you know, that's not right at that age in our minds, is it? Well, I mean, he's what went through. You know, he's the only one that understood wow. what I what I went through. And that's what you have to, you know, when you have so many people that are committing suicide or, or so many people that are making these bad decisions, they, in order for them to, to find change, they, they don't want to go talk to a shrink, so to speak. They don't want to talk to anybody because they've not had anybody else experience what they are experiencing. Well, with me, I've experienced so much loss that, you know, I get about 200 messages a day um, where people are on the fence. And uh, it's easy for me to talk to them because they know I've been there. They trust you. They trust me. Yeah. So uh, we need to find more people that can get out there and and actually relate to some of these kids, you know, and that's what is so important right now. It's not easy to make ourselves vulnerable because every time you share with someone, you go through your pain again. I, you, you can answer this for us, but I lost my mother in a tragic way. It was a suicide, and there are triggers that set that off to this day, and that was nearly 50 years ago, and yeah. I still have that that pain is lived all over again for a moment. It doesn't consume me, but it's certainly not gone. What about you? Well, it's the same. I mean, it'll, it'll never be gone. When you, when you lose your mother, um, when you lose a brother, your kids, um, you'll have that tragedy throughout the rest of your life. There's no doubt about it. It never goes away. It's always there. Now, some of them, you know, like my father, when he passed with a heart attack, you know, it, it doesn't make it any better or any worse. He's always gone. But with my son, it was so much, it was so much more. It just crushed me, you know, but of course it's every loss is huge. Tell us the story of the loss of your son, please. Uh, my son, hmm. my shining hero, man, he uh, had the best smile in the world. I mean, he literally had the best smile in the world. He should have been in some denture place or something, some commercial, you know, for <laughs> on a billboard. He, he right? should have been. Yeah, he was. He was an incredible young man, seventeen years old, and and uh, unfortunately, there was somebody that wanted something more than he was willing to give up. He he simply wasn't going to give it up. He unfortunately had marijuana on him, and 
they wanted it more than he was willing to give him. You know, they he was not going to give it to him, and he went to take off, and they pulled the trigger over a twenty dollar bag of marijuana. He was killed. He, he was, was shot over sh- a twenty dollar bag of marijuana. That's right. Wow. Wow. How long had he been fighting the battle with drugs? Do you know? You know, he didn't. I mean, and everybody's got their what's right and what's wrong. I mean, marijuana's illegal no matter how you look at it. But that's the only thing he ever done was, was smoke marijuana. And I'm not saying it's right. And I'm definitely not saying, you I, know, that it sh- we I condone it. But it's not like the the heroin and the things of that nature. Those are Those are killers. Those are just absolute killers. And. You know, I don't want anybody to be on drugs. I begged and begged and begged for him not to do these things. And, you know, at 17 years old, your kids think they know it all. They they think they've got the world by the. By everything they <laughs> yeah. need to have up by. And, uh, you know, so it's one of those things where you just try your hardest as an, as an adult and as a uh, as a father on what you can do to, to keep that from happening. But unfortunately, he was at the wrong spot at the wrong time. And. There was uh, somebody that decided they was taking it, period, and uh, that's what they did. And they're charged with murder and charged with, um, they're also charged with armed robbery. So, Was he living with you at that time, or was he out on his own? No, he was living, well, he was in between his mom and out on his own. Cash. You know, yeah, so I was in Texas working at, at the time when this happened. I was actually home at the moment it happened, because it was, of course, you know, getting real close to, it was right after Christmas. And uh, so, you know, I mean, he, uh, mm, yeah, it was, it was, it was hard for, uh, for me to go through that with him. Yeah. Uh, this was Christmas of 2021, correct? Yes, yeah. So just right little after. over a year ago. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, so you're there in Texas. That's where you were when you got the call kind of thing, or were you still at home? No, I was at home. I was actually at home okay. in Alexandria. Yeah, I, I work in Texas a lot, and I got home and for Christmas, you know, and uh, I got the phone call and from his uh, his girlfriend. She called me right right after the or after the shot. Okay, okay. So uh, I'm going to guess, knowing the way that our system works sometimes, this is still in proceedings as far as, uh, you know, any court hearings to speak of or anything. Yes? Yeah. It's going a lot faster than what I actually thought. They're doing a great job. Good. uh, We actually have um, next month, the 14th, is the actual trial date. Okay. So it went a lot faster than what a lot of people thought it would go because you have people out there that's going through the same thing I'm going through that's three years old yes. and they're still awaiting some kind of a, you know, a trial or, and they're still on hold. So, you know, I'm just praying to Jesus that we keep doing what we're doing, shed some light on some stories and try to keep some kids from shooting somebody. You know, that's the whole thing. We've got to get these, you know, the guns away from these young kids that, they're just not, they don't have the ability yet to say no to pulling the trigger. They get a little mad. Next thing you know, they're telling themselves, um, I just effed up. I just made a mistake. And I know these kids do. They, they, after they pull the trigger, 
I know they're thinking, oh, my God, I can't believe I just did that. I hope that's their thoughts. I do, too. Yeah, uh, that they're not so callous that it was just an easy moment for them. It's certainly not for you or other family members, survivors or friends, those who knew your son, Andon, to go through all of that. So, again, (laughs) can't imagine what that's about. Yeah. So that was a year ago. Uh, there were additional additional losses since then, and one was pretty recent. Go ahead and tell us about your other son. Bring us, you know, share with us what he was like. You told us uh, ending style and all. Mm-hmm. Uh, was this Kevin Joe? Yeah. Ke- uh-huh. Okay, tell us about Kevin Joe as a young person. Well, that's who we was talking about earlier, about Kevin Joe. Yeah. Um, oh, with the smile and all. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, no, that was Andon with the all smile. Right. But all right. Yeah, all right. We, we, we talked a little bit about Kevin, but yeah. he, um, I mean, he was he was a great, great kid, man. I, I loved him, love him so very much that, you know, it's hard to uh, even imagine that both of them are gone. And uh, he uh, made a mistake and he's been, uh, he was clean for several months and doing really well. And unfortunately, it was, it was a, uh, the uh, the battle the battle beat him you know we, he uh he wanted to do it one more time and unfortunately the the dealer gave him fentanyl and and it took his life that wasn't long ago was it no it was not it was december 22nd so, 21 so that was just uh you know almost two months ago now yeah which is <laughs> A blink of the eye, especially in a loss of that nature. Yeah. How how has that worked on you? You know, I mm. I I can't imagine. I don't know if you can even express it. I'm and please take this properly. I'm not sure you even know because you're still almost in a state of shock. I'm gonna guess. You know, it's real. That's not it. But the pain. How could it be again? Share that with us. Well, when you're coming off from losing your, you know, one son, not even a year ago, and you think you're, you know, starting to make some improvements in your life and trying to make things, you know, happen with Andy's blessings and trying to help people and, you know, just trying to do things right and trying to get on on God's right side. You know, I mean, I've always been a God fearing man and, uh, you know, when it, when it, when it, when this happened with my son, it was uh, it was huge because I brought my, you know, Kimber, which is my daughter. She lives in uh, in Texas. So when I brought her, you know, back with me for Christmas, that uh, he was supposed to go swimming with us. I decided to go get a hotel room to go swimming for the family, just to go swimming and relax for a couple of days. And he begged me, just hey, Dad, don't want you guys just go swimming, and I'll come out tomorrow. And, uh, and we'll have a blast, you know, I love you, dad. And I said, all right, son. And that's the unfortunate thing is he, uh, he passed that very day, that very night, about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning. So I wasn't able to, wasn't, a, wasn't able to see him for the next day. You know, you, you've already mentioned it. You made it clear that fentanyl was involved and yeah. there's not anything much more deadly than fentanyl, carfentanyl, et cetera. Everything that they're using to lace in drugs, uh, you never know when the next time's the last time. 
But as you shared there, I know you said that he had been clean for some time Mm -hmm. and went back to it the one time. I just want the folks out there to understand that during that clean time, your tolerance level lowers to such a point, you can use half as much of the drug as what you used to do, even without the fentanyl, and you're risking an overdose uh, because the body just has changed. It's kind of, you know, teased itself to believing it's okay when you're not there yet, and uh, it can take you out in a hurry. It's a horrible thing. I've always uh, been one that believes there's no such thing as experimenting with drugs. It's too easily one and done. So, uh, Kevin's passing just a couple of months ago. Where are you at? with that right now in your life well i mean it's still too fresh to even to think about it um we started a a little group for him called kcc it's kevin's comfort corner um you know i struggle with this because i've lost two sons in a year and you just don't you don't think you'll ever lose one son let alone having both of them impact your life like like it did me when everything was okay one day and the next night, you know, you wake up early in the morning and you find out you lose your second hero. You know, it's just, it's it's an impact that, you know, you just can't get over. I'll never get over it. I, I mean, I cry on how many times. I, I, in the middle of Walmart, I was going to get some food and I had to stop and, and uh, act like I was looking at some cereal or something because I was just losing it just sitting there crying you know so i just put my face against the cereal box and try to get tried to get it together you know yeah yeah uh there's no way to know when that wave's gonna hit and you've already alluded to losing your first son there and in just uh you know a little over a year ago you've not had time to mourn his death properly to even begin to think of mourning the death of a second son i think a tragic death and this does not diminish anyone's loss but i believe a tragic death's harder to deal with and being your two sons i hope you know the world will pardon this expression it's the wrong order we don't expect that uh moms and dads not out of tragedy like you faced but that's we know it's gonna be and with us but to lose your son before you go and that's just that's difficult so here you are just a couple months out from that second loss what what is it that you'd like to say to folks out there who may be suffering their own losses of a child through overdose, through murder, through whatever the case may be, Kevin? Yeah, anybody with the loss of a child, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's an accident. It doesn't matter if it was drug-related or I think it impacts a little bit more when they're stolen from you, when they somebody shoots them or somebody, you know, something of that nature. I think it'll impact them a little bit harder, but... No matter how you lose your your children, it's just going to be so important to reach out to somebody that's been through it. Uh, Michelle Rains is one that I reached out to a lot. She had her son stolen from her when he was really young, shot at 17 times. But um, she reached out through Andon's blessings, and, and we ended up talking, and we still talk 
so much and she uh she gets me through those valleys she gets me through when when i'm really down and i can't i can't function right you know she was always somehow or another she would call me when i was at that point i don't even know how she would know it but she would just say hey i just want to tell you i'm here for you and uh she made it through she made <clears throat> she helped me make it through she helped me on on those low points with andon when you know, when you have somebody that shoots your boy, you have so many lows. You have so many why couldn't I's. You have so many I should have took the bullet. You have so many, you know, how how did it happen? And it's good to have somebody, and almost a necessity to have somebody that's been through that. And with Anna's blessings, there's so many people in there that's lost those exact same thing. You know, they've lost their child to so many different reasons. And it gives you a place to uh, to go talk a little bit about it. Go ahead and tell us about Indian's blessings. I know that's had to be therapeutic for you to be able to turn some of the heart, or excuse me, some of the hurt of the heart into some gain. Tell yeah. us about Indian's blessings. Explain to the folks what it is. Sure. Indian's blessings was started. I uh, I remember I was sitting on the couch and it just. It always comes from my right shoulder. I can't really explain it, but it just popped in my head. And <laughs> and I said, what does that mean? Andon's blessings. I sat there and contemplated it for a few minutes. And so those two words just came to mind came and to heart. Mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, it wasn't but just a few minutes after that, I said, okay. And I just opened up my Facebook and decided to start the, the little the little group that I thought was going to be this little, you know, one or two or 10, 15 people that would let me vent and that's what I started doing. I opened it up and I started venting and telling everybody how I felt and and I, how I wanted to start helping people. And uh, that's what we started doing. We started, you know, with, you know, 10 people, then 20. And then I was amazed that like a couple of weeks, it was 500. And I guess uh, what made me do what I do now is, is help as many people as I do is because of Anna's blessings. It, it was able to... Uh, it was able to get me through the rest of those valleys that I was not going to make it through. I was in a very, very dark place. So with Andon's blessings, you can tell us a little more about it. Is it a support kind of thing between folks? Uh, how does that play out? Sure. It, it's more of a, I think, it, I mean, it started out with a support thing. And uh, just for the simple fact that, you know, I was very raw, very angered very upset that my son was stolen from me and uh you know i would write pages you know i would just sit there and just cry and write pages and and so many people started reading them and and then following along and and being a support person for me you know uh mia kimberling is one of them you know and that was, she done incredible things on keeping my lows you know more leveled out you know and uh, finding people that'll help support you on your lowest point that's when that's when it's very important because when you're when you're at that lowest point there's you know there's some very bad decisions that you can make you know and and it's good to have people and find people that's been through it she lost a family member to suicide and she was able to relate and we actually met at Anna's blessings you know so it was that was something that helped me a lot as well I keep hearing you use the word relate how mm -hmm. important <laughs> that yeah. is somebody who knows you don't have to tell them everything they get it well I mean how many times can people you know say hey, he needs therapy 
and how many of those people actually will go to therapy? Very few. I never would. I refuse to. Just for the simple fact that why would I go to therapy? That lady has no clue. about. She's not lost her mother. Her mother wasn't shot, taken from her. How's she going to know how I feel? A lot of people feel that way. Whether or not you go get help or whether you don't, which I really suggest that you do. Yes. But it's just as therapeutical to find somebody like I did with Andon's Blessings and start finding people that's, that's got the same valleys as you do, that's going through the things that you are. And uh, that's, that's one of the things that helped me so much. You were willing. You were willing to open yourself up yeah. to somebody coming in and being able to to offer you the support and help you needed. And you alluded to something a few moments ago in those dark times. You get some thoughts that you're not happy about having. And I'm sure that's been a part of the battle. Andon's blessing has helped keep you above those bad choices. It, it really was. It was uh, there, and there was a lot of you know factors to it. You know, Levi Kruzmeyer, he uh, he lost his son to an ATV accident. You know, so it, there again, he he's just like me. He cries every day. He looks at his son. He's got a throne. He's got so many pictures. So many. He will not ever let that go ever. He's just like I am. We related a lot. We was yes. able to to feel. I know what Levi feels like. I know his highs. I know his lows. He done it three years in front of me. So he told me, "You're going to have this happen. You're going to." And he kind of led me down the road. On it's going to take you a while. It's going to take this. But he was always every day calling me every day. Every day, I, I'm you know, I go to bed, have you ate? Man, I'm not really hungry. He'd bring over something to eat. I said, Levi, you got to quit this. You know, I don't need you to be bringing me food. He goes, well, I'm here. I know what you're going through, and I know you won't eat for three or four days. You know, I didn't. I didn't eat sometimes for two or three days. Didn't sleep for three or four days. And, uh, I mean, I was going through some, you know, traumatic things with my boys. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to relate to anybody. But when you have somebody that's actually been there, done that, you know, it's, it's minute as that sounds because it doesn't really sound been there, done that. But when you lose somebody that important to you, finding somebody else that's lost one is very important in your recovery. And that has obviously worked for you. Here at Faith in Your Recovery, we'd like to think we're about all things recovery. And recovery is not just getting clean or sober from a drug or alcohol, but it's moving into a fuller life. And it's going to take you a while to get there. But the important thing is right now you're working at it. You're not letting that pile build up under the rug so tall that you can't step over it. Uh, You're going about it moment by moment, it sounds like. It absolutely is moment by moment. I mean, you know, you could be, you could be on an okay day and just within just a couple memories, I can't listen to the radio. I can't listen to country. I can't listen to to anything anymore because, you know, that's, it just brings up my boy, you know, at the time it was bringing up and everything was bringing him up. So I quit watching TV. I quit listening to the radios. I didn't do any of that. I quit socializing. You know, I was going into a a very bad spot in my life and I don't think I'll ever get over it ever but with with Andon's blessings you know we started that to start helping people I said man I'll feel better let's start let's start something up and 
let's see if we can't start helping these people that are down by the river. You know, these people that are homeless, let's figure out how we can start getting them some clothes. So that's what we started doing. We started, uh, in the beginning stages, I was just paying people to go pick up clothes. Then we had four or five people washing clothes, folding them, stacking them. How many do we have? After a month of that, I figured out that it's just, it would be too hard to continue that and be able to, to live a life. Yes. Cause that's all yes. I would do. Consuming. It was consuming. So we started to where we was doing porch pickups and uh, now we help. Oh my gosh, we have 90, well, I think we was 95,000 people visited our little site the last 28 days, you know, <laughs> and uh, we, we have, a, we, we have so many people in there, Deborah making sure that Ryan Bolt, she, she makes sure that everybody <laughs> understands the rules. She is the police officer of the group. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Kevin. Tell the folks how they can get to that group. Should sure. they want to check in and see what's going on and know more about your effort? Well, AndensBlessings.com. Um, Go straight to the Facebook page. Um, so you can get on there and, and become a, a member, which we want to. We want to see you guys, everybody, become a member. Uh, we you know, in order to have a voice, you have to have a lot of people together. You know, when you have 10 people, there's, it's not much of a voice, but when you start hitting, you know, thousands of people, everybody will start listening. So we're up to, you know, we're not huge. We only got 7,200 people in our group, but, uh, you know, we'll have, we'll have 10,000 by the end of this year, maybe even more. And we're going to continue to, to voice of what we think and, and, uh, ask Jesus to point us in the right directions we're going to keep donating things and uh, keep going forward. Well, I'll tell you what, 7,200 is nothing to uh, <laughs> to ignore. That's a good place to be, and as you say, you're going to move forward from there. So back to Kevin. Uh, you've talked a lot here about Andon's Blessing. It seems like you use some initials uh, to cover what, what you're doing in his name. Is that right? Was it like KCC or something? It is. It's called KCC. I mean, it's Kevin's Comfort Corner. Yes. And uh, we, we do KCC just to shorten it up because it is a long name. You bet. Um, you can get on his group the same way, kevinscomfortcorner.com, or you can look it up on the Facebook. It's I think the first month we had 1,100 people join, 20,000 people actually uh, visited the site the first 28 days. It jumped up there a little quicker than Andy's Blessings. It's a, it's a group that it's more of a, uh, a help group. You know, we get a lot more talk in there. We get a lot more people saying, hey, I lost my son the same way or my son got taken from suicide. And, you know, you have a lot more uh, feelings in this group. And uh, it's at a real it's in a more of an emotional group. Uh, we decided to start giving away uh, KCC blankets, which is hand crocheted um, blankets. And uh, we. uh we wanted to do the orange for the shooting if you got a son or somebody got shot uh, from gun violence. So, and we would make those and they'd crochet them out of orange. Uh, purple, of course, if you overdose. And then if you suicide, they're purple and teal. So, we decided to do that and, and uh, we got our first blankets out and they, uh, they're coming out great. They're coming out awesome. Um, we're going to uh, continue that. On, on having something that uh, they'll be able to actually hold on to, throw over their shoulder and know what it was there for. You know, somebody that donated their time to make a three and a half by five blanket. 
I'll, I buy the yarn. If uh, anybody wanted to donate a little yarn, that that's fine. But I don't. It's on me. I make sure that all these ladies have yarn, and they sit there and crochet and make blankets for for individuals to let them know that we're thinking about them. So, how do you get those blankets out? How do you disperse them? Who are they for? Anybody who's been through that, similar or family members, or just anybody and everybody? Well, when you're on KCC and you'll start reading things, and you'll be like, "Hey, I lost my mother to, to let's just say gun violence." Um, I would love to have a blanket and uh, there's a form that you can fill out and it just goes on a list and uh, we're just now getting, I think we're up to about 50 crocheters now and they're just all, you know, they're just now starting to go, you know, so we're just now starting to get them done. Um, Kimmy Kimmy Sandiford does uh, these bears. They're incredible little bears that she hand crochets and uh, she made me one and and she's making some for the rest of the family members and stuff. We uh we trying not to bring that into KCC because it just takes so long to do the bears. It takes her about four days to do a bear. Wow, yeah. And so we're trying yeah. to get she she's doing blankets now, but she really likes the bears. But uh, <laughs> letting her know that we don't have time for her to do a, one bear a week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, you exactly. do four blankets, you know. So it seems like you work with a pretty powerful team here folks that care about people who are hurting and have had their struggles absolutely i have i mean i can't even you know when i when when all this happened with my mother when i was young i was just i bottled up i think that's one of the things that i try to keep from happening now because i know how i can help people by relating by letting them know that i've been there you know and and they'll open up when they know somebody else has been there. Yes. And KCC's a lot. There's just so many people that's actually opening up and they'll tell you, look, I ain't talked about this in seven years. And, and they'll tell the story and I'll sit there and cry with them. You know I mean? We Absolutely. just, we just do, we just do. And it, and it's, and it actually helps a little bit to open up, but with me, you know, cause every time you read a story, it opens up, you know, and then getting shot sure. you know, because of their questions. So it's reliving it and reliving it and reliving it. So it's very difficult for me sometimes to have to relive it 10 times a day because I try to answer and answer and talk and talk. I sleep about, uh, I might sleep three hours a night and uh, I sit there probably from, I don't know, about eight o'clock in the evening till usually about four in the morning, just relating and talking to people and trying to catch up you know and it's just been a it's been an amazing thing for me because i mean you i wouldn't think by looking back that it would help to continuously talk about the same thing to a different person but it's helped me it just helps to empty that well of hurt you're not going to find the bottom you've made that clear and i get that but you're getting closer to it in the sense of being able to to handle it in the absolute best of ways that you know how to do at that given time. I think what is actually helping me on it is the person that's reaching out to me is trusting me and letting me talk to them and them bringing up their story and helping them and them saying, thank you. Them saying, you are amazing. I want to be like you. I want to, I want to be able to talk to people. So, I've decided to start a magazine and it's called Anna's Blessings. And we've started that. We're uh, 
you know, it's all about gun violence, drug addiction, and suicides. And it has actual stories of what people have done after the suicide and how they've reached out to the community to help the community. And uh, we have some just amazing stories that are going to be coming out. And uh, we've pushed it back probably another month, but you know it'll be about a 200-page ma- magazine. It's just going to be full of people that are just here to help. I'd love to get my hands on one of those when the day comes. I hope you'll let me know. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I would welcome that. So we've, we've heard the pain, the loss, which for you to be here to share it tells me what kind of man you are. Thank you for that. Uh, this is raw. This, <laughs> I mean, I can see the strain in your face, but I can, I can tell by the willingness of your heart, you're willing to go through that. So maybe somebody else won't have to go through all of it. Uh, that's what the main thing's all about: is just try to get people to. You know, use, uh, how I've always kind of said is, you're on the, you're on the edge. You know, you're just ready to jump off. Yeah. I want to be able to just talk to, I just needed just a second with them. And, uh, when they see that I've lost 10 times more than them, they can see there's a way. If you can make it, they can. Exactly. So when you're able to kind of relate and let them know what you've lost, they stop and think, wow, you know, the, okay, there's an avenue. Whether they take the avenue or not, you know, you pray that they're going to make some good decisions. But, you know, when you call the next day, there's been so many of them. They call me, they call me Papa Dukes. I don't know where that came from, but that's what they call me, this group of kids. And they, they, they message me throughout the night and they're like, hey, this guy here, he, he, he's not going to be, he's not carrying a gun anymore. He's not, he's not doing drugs anymore and then changed his life. I just wanted to reach out and tell you that. That happens all the time, and it's changed so many lives. You'd stay awake all night to get that call, not knowing when it was coming, wouldn't you? My phone is never on silent at night, ever. That is just, uh, that's what it takes, that little bit of encouragement, that recognition that we are making a difference, and I believe we all can. So, Kevin, uh, as a reminder, our podcast is Faith in Your Recovery. What does that mean to you, faith in your recovery? Well, just having the strength to recover, believing in Jesus and believing that you're going to make it is my strength. You know, when you, uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, I'm so proud that, you know, Jesus gave me the ability not to have the, the want to do the drugs. I don't have that. I've never felt that. So I always questioned my son. You know, son, you can quit. You can quit. I've never felt like him because I've never had that gene that uh, that Jesus kept me from having. You, so I've been lucky. You talked about how you need people that can relate to each other. Mm-hmm. You couldn't relate to that because that just wasn't a battle you fought. I've never felt the battle. You know, I've always, you know, I've always been there with him. I was the one that, unfortunately, I. Maybe I made a lot of mistakes, but whenever he needed something, I don't care what it was, what time it was, I was always there. And I just never, never gave up. I, I, I knew he was going to get quit. I would quit eventually. I knew he was going to do it. I just had faith. 
And, uh, you know, you, you always question yourself on whether or not you made the right decision to always be there financially, to always be there, make sure he's got a roof and paid his rent, paid his bills. It doesn't matter. You just wanted him better. And I never, ever gave up. And, you know, you, you kind of wonder sometimes if you made the right decision by, you know, being an enabler, which is something that. It's a fine it's line. It's a fine line. And yeah. all the what it could have should is are not going to change anything now. It's not now. Uh, it hurts. And, you know, you think maybe if I'd have done this, well, I love the struggler, but I know they do make choices that I'm not going to make for them or I can't make for them, regardless of how close I, <laughs> right. I may be to them or with them. I've got a pretty difficult question for you here. And if you choose not to answer it, I respect that totally. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to Andon for one moment. Mm -hmm. If you had the next few seconds with him, what would you want to say? I don't even know if I could say a word. I think if I would just hold him, just give him a hug, just sit right there, just sit right there with a hug. Just let him know how much I love him. You know, I mean, we always, always hugged each other. Always hugged each other. A hug and getting to see the smile. Just letting him know I love him. Wow. <laughs> that says more than he words, okay? Let's go the same thing with Kevin Joe. I think the only thing that I would try to do with him is talk to him about his addiction. You know, because we talked every day about it. Every day we done we done a lot of communication and I was so happy to I remember I went back through some of his text with Andy and I haven't been able to go through a whole lot of his text for some reason I just I cry too much to go through it I just can't do it but something kept telling me to go through his text so I went through and and seen a a little thing where you hit you hit play and it has a recording instead of text yes and I'd missed it I'd never seen it I'd never heard it. And it explained how great of a father I was, which, you know, you always question that when this happens, but it's, uh, it said how great of a father you are and how much I love you, the good, bad, the ugly, whatever, so you was the best father and that you've made me want to be the father like you are. I want to be just like you. And I play that thing every day, that little 30 second clip that I needed so bad right then because I was in a, I was in a very deep valley losing my boy. <clears throat> I really, I needed that clip. I'm going to guess I couldn't buy that from you. It'll, I, I would love for you to play it. I, I'd absolutely love to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, he's incredible. My son, the, uh, it's called a video text. I would love for you to listen to it. And this is something I found when I was at one of my very deepest valleys. I was having so big of a struggle. And he just kept saying, go back to my text. And, and this is what I'd found. And I haven't heard it before. And this is, uh, this is something that's very special to me. I'm grateful for having a dad like you. That follow in the footsteps so I can grow up and be a dad just like you. And thank you for everything, no matter the good and bad. I love you, Dad. Wow, Kevin, uh, that's got a 
that's got to be a forever piece of gold for you. Oh, it certainly is. It's my son being raw, telling me that he loves me. Something I needed at that point really, really bad. And you're going to need it in the days ahead. And I just hope piece by piece that helps bring about some of the healing. Uh, I don't always believe in the word closure, nor should we always seek closure because that's who we are. That's where we've been. And that's going to help you through the days ahead. And I can't imagine the other people that will help as well. You know, I, I just pray that anybody going through these horrible things that actually there's so many of them that are going through this right now can reach out to KCC and or to Anna's Buzzing to either one and just try to find that one person that you can relate to and that one person um, that can help you through your valleys. That, that's all you need. You know, you, you, when, you're, when you're doing a little bit better, just having somebody once a day that you can talk to and and they and you instantly with me and Michelle I mean I love her I, I love that woman she helped me tremendously through my lows and I'll always care about her I know what she went through when her son got shot you know I, I feel her every day I feel I, I hear it in her voice every day and uh, to find somebody like that is is so important she found one that was in Kansas that reached out to her and she actually goes down there and, and drives to Kansas multiple times a year just to just for, for they have their time. Yeah. And, and that was her person that she was able to connect to that she never would have been able to get over some of the things she is without that help that she had. You know, going to a, going to a, a therapist, you know, sometimes, um, you know, and, and, it, and it can help people. Don't get me wrong. And I, I pray everybody that needs it can go there and get that kind of help. But to find somebody that's on your level, you're able to open up, you're able to talk, you're able to get it off your chest, you're able to understand that they have the exact same pain that you do. So it's easier to, to relate. I think it's important as I hear you speak there, you talk about finding someone. Maybe we need to be that someone more often. Share our story. Let folks know our struggles. Let them know we're available. Let them know we'll be there. Take that meal over like your friend said. Make that phone call. It's okay to, to let people know we care. We love them because that struggle isn't something that is easily... Uh, you know, we don't find easy healing from that. So to be able to open our hearts to touch another one, I have been convinced my entire life we are blessed to be a blessing. In my life, I've spent it in, a, in the realm of service to others, and I wouldn't want anything different than that. And for you to be here with us today and to share at this level, I want to give you the opportunity to serve a last comment you'd like to make of any type, Kevin? Well, I think we've touched so much that it's hard to it's hard to even go back and, and think what I've missed. But sure. I know that um, Little Miracles is another group that, that's identical to me. That's just an incredible group that's helped me a bunch as well. Is uh, you know Jerry and, and his wife are just incredible people. There's so many um, people that actually opened up these. Uh, these little help centers is what you almost want to call them, but they open up a, a, an Andon's blessings. Like we have one that's going to be opening up in Indianapolis. We got about five or 600 people in Indianapolis 
So it's Annan's Blessings slash Indianapolis. So you can find somebody in Indianapolis to, if you need something. Um, we have one getting started in Dallas, um, Texas. So we're going to we're going to continue to do what we do. We're going to try to give you know so many opportunities that was hard to find in our past, but we're going to start finding them for these people. We're going to start helping these people, and we're going to try to get everybody to understand that uh, you know drugs are something that we have to talk to our kids about. You know, guns is something we have to talk to our children about. And I'm not the guy that you know wants to uh take any guns that's not you know even though my son got shot my mother got shot if anybody wants to see guns going you would think it would be me and it's not i'm a second amendment a second amendment man i think everybody should have a gun that is legal to carry but when you're 13 years old you don't have the ability to carry and you shouldn't have the ability you shouldn't even have the want at 13 years old but if we start talking to our children and try to get them to understand you cannot run around with the child that's doing that. You know, we have to start opening up doors and, uh, and try to get our children, you know, away from the drugs and the guns and, and help them when they're getting bullied because, you know, suicide is so huge and, and Skip Ackerman and his wife, Diane has just done, done doing incredible things, um, with that as well. And that's what something that we're really stepping up for. You know, suicide is a huge factor in our kids' lives. We have to be able to help. Kevin, uh, I don't even know how to say thank you other than uh, thank you. What you've shared here, I know, is going to have an impact in many lives. What you're doing for the sake of others has already impacted yeah. many lives. And in many ways, it's, it's just beginning. We pray and hope the best for your healing, your recovery, for the work of... Uh, Kevin's Comfort Closet? Kevin's Comfort Corner. Corner. Kevin's Comfort Corner, as well as Andon's Blessings. Folks, we gave you information earlier. Tell them one more time, Kevin, how they can make those contacts. There's another way that you can do it on an email. That's Andon's Blessings at Yahoo.com. Um, that's also the channel if you have something that you would like to be able to getting my magazine, something that you've uh, done to help the community because of your loss, um, how you're making changes and, and would like to share your pictures of your lost one, your, you know, the, your hero. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to have you in our magazine and we don't charge for it. I take care of all that. There's no, there's no charge to get your story out there. If you want to have a story out there and, and uh, have your children or your child uh, in the magazine, we'd love to have you. So you can reach out to us that way as well, or also andinsblessings.com or kevinscomfortcorner.com. They go to the, directly to the Facebook page. Kevin, we thank you. Uh, this has been a powerful time together, and I know that folks are going to appreciate this. And uh, I know it couldn't be easy, but it shows me the kind of man you are from the inside out. And it's it's more appreciated than you'll know, and you'll never know the number of lives that it touches or the number of lives it'll change. So, folks, take it to heart. Uh, hear this again. Listen. You can just start this podcast up a second time. There's a lot to consume, a lot to grasp, but it's important. We want to see a difference happen Maybe we're the ones 
they're going to have to make it happen by offering ourselves, by offering our story, by drawing close, by supporting one another, and having faith in their recovery as well as faith in your recovery. God bless. God bless.